Good morning. Good morning, church family and guests. We're thrilled to have you with us again on this beautiful Sunday morning. And I pray that your week has been blessed. And we look forward to what God has in store ahead. So thank you for joining us this morning. Also want to express appreciation for all those that were able to join in the pre-service prayer today for turning your living rooms, your place of gathering today into a place of prayer to prepare your hearts as well as pray for the hearts of many others today uh, as we would open the word of God and see what the Lord would speak to us from his word today. And I'm thankful for that. Uh, before we just dive into the word, as I shared, I do have a couple of announcements I want to make sure that I make this morning. Don't want to forget those. Uh, first of all, next Sunday, uh, next Sunday, we will have our live stream service at 11 a.m. We'll make sure we send some reminders out about that, but it will be at 11 a.m. next Sunday. We will be joining together. It will be a Life Church United broadcast. All four congregations will be coming together at 11 a.m. Puyallup, Kent, Union Gap, and Sela. And we look forward to what the Lord will do. Uh, Brother and Sister Simpson from Baltimore, Maryland will be joining us and the Lord will use them in ministry. I'm certain uh, they're not a stranger to many of us. And so we look forward to the Simpsons being with us next Sunday morning. And so we'll start an hour later at 11 a.m. next Sunday. Uh, also, uh, this week, our midweek Bible study will not be on Wednesday. Our midweek Bible study will start and be on Thursday this week. And we will continue going forward with a midweek Thursday night Bible study. We'll talk more about that and the reasons behind all of that here in the near future. But I wanted you to know, uh, please be aware, our midweek Bible study will be Thursday night this week and going forward. And should the Lord see fit for us to return to this building sometime in the future, uh, our midweek service and Bible study will be on Thursday night here as well. And again, we'll talk more about the reasoning behind that. But uh, wanted you to know those two things about next week. And we're looking forward to what God is doing and will do. Praise God. Thank you for being here today. Uh, I pray you have your Bible. We're going to dive right into the word this morning and uh, see what the Lord would say to us from his word. Before we do that, uh, could we one more time, could we pray together and could we ask the Lord to be with us today to open our hearts, our minds and our spirit so that we can hear and receive with our spirit what the Lord would speak to us today. Let's pray together right now. Father, we thank you today for the goodness and mercy of God. We thank you, Lord, for the privilege of coming together and calling on your name, the name that is above every other name, the name of Jesus. We worship and we magnify and pray the authority of the name of Jesus this morning. We thank you for the privilege of prayer, the privilege of opening your precious word. I pray today, living word of God, speak to us. Speak to us, Lord. Let us to hear with our ear, our spiritual ear, Father. Let us hear what you would say. Reach in and write by the finger of God upon the fleshly tables of our heart today. 
We look to you. We trust in you. We worship you this morning, Lord. You are worthy of our worship. You are worthy of our praise. You are worthy of glory and honor. Jesus, we lift you up. Come on, right there in your living room today. Would you do this? Would you focus your attention on him? Jesus, we worship you. Jesus, we praise you. Jesus, you are worthy of glory and worthy of honor. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What a privilege to call on the name of the Lord. Let your spirit work in every living room. Let your spirit work in every home. Let your spirit reach in every heart. Hallelujah. 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 Mighty God, we magnify you today. We bless your name, Jesus. We bless your name, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God, praise God, praise God. It's wonderful to feel the spirit of the Lord and the presence of the Lord together today. Let me encourage you. Let me encourage you. It's easy to sit there, sit here, and to just stare at a screen and not let our spirit connect with what the Lord is doing. And so it's so important that we let our spirit connect with the word of God and what the Lord is doing right now. So please purpose not to just be there staring at a screen in your home, but purpose to be engaged and involved by the spirit of the Lord and participate in what he's doing here with our time together this morning. Amen. We, someone said earlier today, uh, I was expressing how it's very different because these things start and abruptly, and here we are, there is no transitioning like we're used to oftentimes in a service. Uh, and someone made this statement. Yeah. And then they're just over. And, uh, there's been a couple of times through these last few weeks that on a Sunday or a time whenever we've gathered together through the week that I've felt and you felt we've identified with the spirit of the Lord ministering through his word. And then the meeting is over. And there was one Sunday here. I remember distinctly where when the meeting was over, the Lord drew a handful of us that were here into a place of prayer immediately. And I remember praying, dear God, let the people in their homes not just say, okay, service is over, turn off the screen and go about their day. But may we all be in tune with our spirit and be responsive to the spirit of the Lord so that we don't ever turn this time of gathering into simply an entertaining or checking something off of our list. But this is a connecting with God and his word together what he's doing now. Uh, you may recognize, I just want to talk to you a couple minutes this morning before we open the word. You obviously recognize today I'm not standing up, um, and this is different for me as well, just sitting here. Um, but I believe it's important that we allow the Lord to shift our perspective where he wants to. Some of you may remember about four weeks ago, uh, Bishop Schoonover spoke to the Life Church congregations on a Sunday night for just a few minutes. And in those few minutes, Bishop talked about a paradigm shift.
that was taking place. I believe we're going to continue to see that on many fronts. One of the areas where the Lord's continued to deal with me throughout this is a shifting of our thinking about a church service. Uh, I believe that if the Lord tarries, I, I expect that we'll come back together in a building. We'll have a church service again. It won't be the same. But I also feel a caution from the Holy Ghost about just trying to recreate a church service every week. We need to hear from God. We need to be in tune with God. And for some where maybe your relationship with God has been built on a church service and a gathering each week in a church service. And that was really the depth of your relationship with God. Undoubtedly, this season has been a trying season because you and I are finding out that a church service alone will not sustain us. We need a personal, real, daily, intimate, abiding relationship with God. And so the Lord in this season is drawing us to him and I can respond to him in an intimate relationship. Or I can just seek to feed myself with videos here and there or worst case scenario, I can just fill my time feeding my flesh. The Lord is trying to draw the church to a place where he can use the body in the earth like never before. Signs, wonders, miracles, and a declaration of the gospel. And so I pray we're using this time wisely. And if we're recognizing that our relationship was built on services alone, may we come to understand in this season, may we repent of that and come to a place of depth of relationship with God through daily prayer, his word, reaching out and connecting with the body by phone or face-to-face -face meetings on virtual reality, if you will. But let's purpose that our relationship is not built on a church service. Amen. So let's open the word together today. So good to have all of you here. Appreciate this opportunity to spend time together. The book of Genesis, chapter number five, if we could go there together today. Genesis, chapter number five. And I want to start with verse number 28 and bear with me for a few minutes this morning. I believe there'll be a little bit of foundation uh, that's important for where we're going to go today. Genesis, chapter number five. And starting with verse number 28. And Lamech lived 182 years and begat a son. And he called his name Noah, saying, This same shall comfort us concerning our work and toil of our hands because of the ground which the Lord hath cursed. Let me read that again. Verse 29. He called his name Noah, saying, This same shall comfort us concerning our work and toil of our hands because of the ground which the Lord hath cursed. 
This is the first mention of Noah in the scripture. Let's keep reading verse 30. And Lamech lived after he begat Noah 595 years and begat other sons and daughters. And all the days of Lamech were 777 years and he died. Verse 32, Noah's grown up now. And Noah was 500 years old. And Noah begat Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Notice, the first mention of Noah was when he was born. The next mention of Noah, he was 500 years old. What in the world happened in those 500 years of Noah's life? Something happened. Obviously, he got married. He had children. 500 years. We have to know, based on what we'll read in other places here in Scripture, in those 500 years, Noah had and developed a relationship with God. But we don't read about those 500 years of Noah's life. Did they matter? Absolutely, they mattered. Will he, did he have memories built in them? I'm sure he did. Was God with him in those 500 years? Absolutely. Were they insignificant? Did they not matter? Is that why we don't read about them? No, I believe they did matter. The Noah that we read about later on in scripture had to be a product of those first 500 years. Sometimes in our life, it can feel like the years have been unconsequential or inconsequential. It can feel like the life we've lived up till now, like what's been the meaning? What's been the purpose? I've, I've prayed. I've sought God. I've dug in his word. I've spent time with him. But what's the purpose of my life? What have, what have the years been for? What have I been living for? Noah didn't maybe know what he'd been living for those first 500 years. But he had a relationship with God. He invested in a relationship with God. He pursued knowing God and God knew him. Hear me, someone today, your years are not wasted when you spend your time pursuing God. And it can feel like what's been the purpose of my life. I, I don't know that I've done anything of significance yet for God. But hear me, I believe that we are coming into a day and a time as the church of the living God. When a Noah that's lived his life for 500 years is about to be brought on the scene to do the purpose of God in the earth. We don't read about the first 500 years because all of that was preparation for the fulfillment of the purpose of God through the life of a man. I believe for many of you watching and listening today, whether it's been the first 10, 12, 13 years of your life, whether it's been the first four or five years of your life, whether it's been the first 50 years of your life, 60 years of your life. I'm not saying those years don't matter. I trust you understand that today. But I believe everything in your life and mine has been preparing us for this day in which we live. I have to believe that because of the word of God in the book of Romans. And we know this, we know this, that all things work together for the good. All things, everything from your life, everything from my life, all things work together for the good 
to them who love the Lord and are the called according to his purpose. His purpose. Let's read a little further here. Genesis chapter number six, verse number one. It came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth and daughters were born to them. The sons of God saw the daughters of men. They were fair. They took them wives of all which they chose. And the Lord said, verse three, my spirit shall not always strive with man for that he also is flesh. Yet his days shall be 120 years. Skip down to verse five in chapter six there. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth. This might sound a lot like the day you and I live in. He saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth and it grieved him at his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast and the creeping thing and the fowls of the air, for it repenteth me that I have made them. Watch verse eight. But Noah, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And these are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man and perfect in his generations. And Noah walked with God. You and I are called to walk with God. We're called to find great. We're living in this dispensation called the dispensation of grace. Noah found grace in the eyes of of the Lord. But the earth was evil continually. And so the Lord said, I'm going to destroy the earth. But he called Noah. Watch. Skip down to verse number 11. The earth also was corrupt before God and the earth was filled with violence. And God looked upon the earth and behold, it was corrupt for all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. And God said unto Noah, the end of all flesh is come before me for the earth is filled with violence through them. And behold, I will destroy them with the, with the earth. Verse 14, make thee an ark of gopher wood. If you skip all the way down to verse 22, if you read from verse 14 to 22, you'll see God giving all the plans for the ark to Noah. Verse 22 says, thus did Noah according to all that God commanded him. So did he. Noah did according to the word of God. Now, if we were to take the time and we're not going to, but if we were to take the time to read through chapter seven, we would see multiple times in chapter seven where the scripture says again and again that Noah did according unto all that the Lord commanded him. If we want to be children of God, 
in our day as Noah was a child of God in his day. We can learn from Noah's life. Noah walked with God. Noah did all that God commanded him. These are things we can learn from. Go with me into the New Testament. To the book of Luke. The book of Luke chapter number 17. As I mentioned at the outset, we've got a little bit of foundation here. So please bear with me as we walk through the scripture today. Luke chapter 17. Verse number 26. Jesus Christ is speaking here. Luke 17 and 26. And as it was in the days of Noah or Noah, so shall it be also in the days of the son of man. They did eat, they drank, they married, they were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. Jesus in his earthly ministry took time to point back to Noah's day and Noah's life and say, this is what it's going to be like in the coming of the son of man. People are just going to be living their lives. They're not going to be living their lives for God or in relationship with God. They're just going to be living their lives according to their flesh. What pleases them, what satisfies them, getting things, earthly possessions, earthly satisfaction, earthly entertainment, fulfilling the flesh, living according to the flesh, corrupt in their ways. Jesus pointed to Noah's day and said, mark it. In the days of the coming of the Son of Man, this is what it's going to be like in the earth, just like it was in Noah's day. Men are going to be living according to their flesh. This is what it was like then. If there's ever been a day and a time in which we've seen men living according to their flesh, it's right now. And God help us, even in the church. The church has been guilty of living in our flesh. Brother Michael Gonzalez, when he ministered to us on Wednesday night, made a statement that smote my spirit and caused me to repent before the Lord because of the, the truth of it. He said, we have become comfortable living in the flesh and living in the spirit or moving between the tent and the field is how he described it. Living our lives for God, but living our lives for ourselves. Living our lives for God, but living our lives for ourselves. Jesus said, except a man loses life for my sake, can't even be my disciple. But it's easy to become comfortable having a church service on Sunday and then living my life on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Oh, church service on Wednesday night. Now live my life on Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Oh, now I'll go back to church on Sunday. I'm not saying we all do that every day. You understand. But it's this human nature, this human nature that would go back to the lowest state of living after my flesh versus living after the will of God. Noah walked with God. I don't believe that was something like on Sunday he walked with God and on Monday and Tuesday he did like all of his neighbors. And on Wednesday night, he walked with God. But on Thursday and Friday, he went to work and just acted like all of his neighbors. 
No, Noah walked with God. This was a daily abiding relationship. Noah pleased God, not just on Sunday, not just at set time. Noah lived his life daily in fellowship with God. I believe that with all of my heart. This is why Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. The Lord is calling us in this hour to recognize the earth is in a place where it's living according to its flesh. How are you and I living today? I, I can't help but think about how much time people may have on their hands. I thank the Lord I'm still working. My job's considered essential. And uh, so I'm thankful for that. Uh, but I know many people aren't working and I'm thankful that there's different avenues that are still supplying. And I so respect and appreciate the many members of the body of Christ that have been generously giving and helping one another uh, in this season, but also the hand and the provision of the Lord through all of this. But I can't help but wonder and even find myself looking, how am I using my time? I've got free time now, maybe. I don't. It seems like I'm working more than I have been, and I'm not complaining. I'm thankful. Uh, I have some people call me, and I'm like, uh, can I call you back? I am working right now. Uh, and so don't stop calling. We're glad to connect. Uh, but it's easy to have when we have free time. We call it free time. When we have free time, how are we investing our time? Are we living according to the flesh? Or are we walking with God? There is a call of God on the church and into reaching to the hungry heart that's saying, if you'll come to me, I'll bring you into relationship with me. And I have a plan for you where your life can go from 500 years of not knowing what it was about to all of a sudden there's purpose for your life. Noah, at, if you do a timeline and look through scripture, it would seem that about the age of 480 years old is when the Lord spoke to Noah about building the ark. I don't have time to walk through all that math, but you can dig it and figure it out there. And so it would seem that he began building the ark even before his children were born. So his life took place, but and you read it as though it's a single timeline. It doesn't make sense. But if you start looking, you realize it's sharing different parts about Noah's life in different ways. But different Bible study for a different time. But we see that Noah began building this ark and we know that he built it for 120 years. The purpose of God for Noah's life came to be. If he would have been content to live according to his flesh when he had free time, he may have missed the calling of God on his life. Someone please listen today. How we are using this time Brother Gonzalez said it last night or Wednesday night. He is positioning us. This is not about provision. It's about positioning. The Lord is positioning us right now, just as he positioned Moses or Noah in that day. He positioned Noah and he knew there's coming a day. I'm going to need a man that's going to hear my voice and obey what I ask him to do. Who's got a heart after mine that says, I'll do what God tells me to do. And he'd spent these years preparing Noah and Noah had spent those years getting positioned for the plan of God. And God had a purpose for Noah's life. And God has a purpose for your life. And you may have wondered up to this point. I know some of us, 
We've wondered, God, what's been the purpose? I, I love you. I've tried to live for you. I've, I've spent time in prayer and fasting and seeking your face. But is this all there is? I've prayed that in my own life sometimes. God, is this all there is? Just a service on Sunday and a service on Wednesday and a highlight here and a highlight there. God, there's got to be more. There's got to be some purpose in this life for the kingdom of God. Hear the word of the Lord. God has been preparing you with purpose. He was preparing Noah with purpose. And because Noah walked with God, God's timing met with God's purpose. And Noah was positioned and he found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And the Lord said to Noah, build an ark. Build an ark. What was Noah's purpose? If you said build an ark. That's partly true. That was the work he did as the Lord spoke to him. Noah's purpose was to make a way of salvation for the earth. Noah's purpose was to be a vessel that God could work through to make a way of salvation for the earth. I believe it's Time like never before for the church to fulfill its purpose. As it was in the days of Noah, so shall it also be in the days of the Son of Man. Go with me to the book of Hebrews. I want you to see something here. Hebrews chapter number 11. Hebrews chapter 11, many of us know this passage of scripture, or at least know of it. It's often referred to as the heroes of faith or the chapter of faith. And that's a rightful name for it. I want us to notice Hebrews chapter 11, verse number six. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. Right there in your living room, wherever you are, if you're with somebody or if you're not. Say, without faith, it is impossible to please him. Say that. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. Why? For he that cometh to God must believe that he is. You and I can't even approach a relationship with God unless we first believe that he is. But notice the scripture doesn't stop there. It says, and, and this is also a requirement of coming to God. We must believe that he is number one. And number two, we must believe, we must believe that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Why is this so important? Because if I believe that he rewards, I will diligently seek. I won't live my life feeding the flesh. I won't live my life after the flesh. If I believe he rewards the diligent seeker, I'm going to spend my life diligently seeking. I'm going to seek him. Not for the reward. I just know there's a, not a reward in this life anyway. I'm diligently seeking him for something beyond this life. But watch. He's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. 
Verse seven, by faith, Noah. Doesn't say by works, by faith. By faith, Noah being warned of God of things not seen as yet, he moved with fear. He prepared an ark to the saving of his house. This was Noah's purpose. It was to create a way of salvation for the earth. Now, the writer of Hebrews points out what we know if we would have continued reading in Genesis. The world didn't respond to the way of salvation. But Noah's actions were the saving of his house. What I'm doing in this season of time could be the difference between the saving or the losing of my house. Noah prepared an ark to the saving of his house by the which he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness, which is by faith. I want to pause here a minute and point out some things before we wrap up today. Look at verse six. I want to read just the first little part of that. By faith, Noah, being warned of God, of things not seen as yet, moved with fear. It doesn't say, by fear, Noah, being warned of God, moved with faith. I think sometimes we take it that way in our life. Noah had faith. And he moved with fear. That word fear doesn't mean Noah was shaking and scared that the flood was coming and his life was going to be lost. And so he thought, I got to hurry. I got to hurry. I got to build an ark fast. Oh, my God. I'm so afraid I'm going to die. People are going to die. I'm, I'm full of. No, no, no. That's not what it's talking about. Noah had faith. By faith, not by fear. He moved with fear. But the moving with fear was not the scared fear. It was a reverence for the word of God. It was a godly fear. He had respect unto God and respect to the word of God that he'd heard. And so he moved out of respect for the word of God. He moved out of a recognition, the word of God. Now, he didn't have what we have, this precious book. He simply had a relationship with God, which we can have and should have. He had this relationship with God where he heard from God. Because he spent time with God. We should have that. And so he had a fear, a godly reverence for what God was speaking to him in his place of fellowship, in his place of communion with God. Please hear me this morning. If you and I do not have a place of daily fellowship and communion with God and we're not hearing from him, it's why there's an absence of the fear of God in our lives. We've lost godly fear. We don't move with fear anymore. I'm not talking about scared, afraid fear. I'm talking about a reverence for the word of God. I believe the word of God is true. Therefore, I cannot sit idle. I believe the word of God is true. Therefore, I cannot just feed my flesh during this time off if I have time off. I can't just live according to my will. I need to be in a place of prayer. If I've got more time on my hands, I should be spending more time with God. Please hear me this morning. This is not about 
some guilt trip to go, oh, I need to pray X number of hours. I'm talking about getting in a place with God where I hear from God in this season. What is the Lord saying to me? What is the Lord saying to his church? I want to, like Noah, have faith and move with fear. Fear, a godly reverence for what the Lord is speaking to my life. In my place of prayer and through men and women of God that he's put in my life. I think about some clear words we've heard in the last few weeks. A call to repentance on multiple occasions. A call to turn from living after our flesh. A recognition that there's a paradigm shift taking place. Words of Bishop Schoonover sharing that and admonishing us. I think of the words of Bishop Wright. What is the Lord wanting me to hear and learn? What lessons is the Lord wanting me to learn? I want to make sure I learn them in this season. The words of Brother Gonzalez the other night. The Lord is positioning us. I want to be positioned. These things are not just casual statements from men of God along the journey, but God is speaking to us. And if I have faith, if I believe that God is, and I believe he's a rewarder of them that seek him, if I have faith, I'm going to move with fear. I'm going to take these words and I'm going to begin to say, God, how does it apply to my life? What do I need to be considering in my life? If the days of Noah, and so it is in the days of the coming of the Son of Man, God is positioning us. What am I doing with the word of God in this hour? How am I responding to the word of God? I've told some of you that I've been in conversation with the last few days. Because we've had this pattern of Sundays and Wednesdays. We've sort of developed a lifestyle. That we receive a message for today or this week. And we move on and. Man, that was a great word today. I really appreciated the word of God. It encouraged me. It helped me and it may do those things. I'm thankful for that. The word of God does that. But we've relegated the word of God, the ministry of his word and spirit to our lives to a temporary thing, a weekly thing or a every few days thing. You know, the apostle Paul, I find he wrote letters to the churches, Colossians. Colossians, Ephesus, Romans, Corinthians, those other books he wrote. You and I still go to those letters today. And we read from those letters today and the word of God through the Apostle Paul and other men of God. Hundreds and thousands of years ago, we still glean from the word of God today because it's eternal. We understand that. But how much in our thinking do we take the ministry, the preach, the talk, the devotional prayer where God talks? How often do we take that word and we use it for a moment and then we're looking for the next new thing, the next new word versus, versus letting the living word of God reside in our spirit and recognizing, hold on a minute. This isn't just a word of God for this moment. This is a word of God for this hour. This is a word of God for this season. This is a word of God for this generation. When Brother Gonzalez was ministering the other night, when I went back through listening to that the second time, I began to pray before doing so. And I said, God, 
I want to hear what you want me to hear from this. I want to receive what you're saying in this. And the Lord dealt with me about that, about how I received the word of God. And I believe the things that were spoken about the positioning of the church. I believe those things that were spoken were things that were spoken for us to hear and to begin to go, how do I apply this? How do I let God do this with me? How do I let him position me? Because this is what God is doing for now until he takes the church out of here. Not a temporary word for a week or two, but a living word to hold to. And to let God place in our heart and our life. As it was in the days of Noah, Noah, by faith, moved with fear. By faith. The faith he had in the word of God, that it was true caused him to move in reverential fear to God. I want faith and I want to move with godly fear in this day. One other place in scripture before we finish today. The book of 2 Peter. 2 Peter chapter number 2. When you think about Noah, if I would have started today and said, who was Noah? What would you have said? How many of you would have said the guy that built the ark? I, I can't see your hands, so I'm trusting maybe they're, I don't know. The guy who went through the flood, right? That's how we think of Noah. Who was Noah? He was that. What was Noah? Finally, 2 Peter chapter 2 and verse number 4. 2 Peter 2 and 4. For if God spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down to hell and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment. And he spared not, this is God, and spared not the old world, but saved Noah, the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly. This was Noah. Noah was called by the apostle Peter, not a builder of an ark, but a preacher of righteousness. I believe in this time that we're in, that we, the church of the living God, and those that God is reaching to, the church of the living God is called in this day and hour to be just what Noah was in his day. It's the reason Noah was referenced by so many throughout scripture. He was a preacher of righteousness. The Lord said, as it was in the days of Noah, we read it, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. Well, if the earth was in its condition that it was in when the Lord destroyed it by the flood and the earth is in its condition that it is in now and the Lord saw fit to have Moses there to make a way of escape for a lost world, would the Lord not see fit to have a Noah in our day to make a way of escape for the lost world? I say yes and again, yes, the Lord would do so. And the church in this hour 
is called to be preachers of righteousness. We are called to be men and women of God, the body of Christ in the earth that declares the word of God, that says to a world that's been living after its flesh, there's coming a day where this world's going to be destroyed, but there's a way out. There's an ark that you can come into. There's a place of safety where you can come and abide. And the destruction that's coming on the earth will not come to you and your family. I hear Noah crying out, and I pray that something, a godly fear would grip the hearts of the church today to understand our life may have been lived for some years not knowing what we're living for. But we're being called to a purpose right now. We're being called to a purpose in this hour to be preachers of righteousness. If you're in the church, hear me today. You're called to be a preacher of righteousness. If you're listening today and you're not in the church, I'm telling you, the church is an ark. I don't mean a denomination. I don't mean a building. I mean the church of the living God, the one he bought with his own blood, the one that he built and is building for you and I. It is an ark of salvation. You can be brought out of the world and into the body of Christ. This is our purpose. This is our hour. This is our season. This is the time. 500 years, Noah, what were you doing with your life? He was being dedicated to God. He was living a life walking with God. And when his purpose came, he was ready to obey God and fulfill his purpose. Life church, I believe it's time like never before to fulfill our purpose. To get a lost world and bring them into the ark. His body. His body. Finally, Second Peter, turn one page, chapter three. Second Peter three and verse number three. Knowing this first. That there shall come in the last days scoffers. There will be some who will mock and make fun. Some maybe even that would watch this video and do that today. There shall come in the last days scoffers walking after their own lust, their own desires. The days of Noah. And notice what they'll say, verse four, and saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were. Every day, just, I mean, nothing's changed. Sure, we've got a pandemic, but it won't be long. We'll go back to normal. All, all things just continue, and it'll just continue like it was, and the church is making a big deal about this, trying to scare people. No one's trying to scare people. The Lord is speaking. We need to hear what the Lord is saying to the church. But they're going to say, where's the promise of this coming? Since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were to go back to normal. Verse five, watch. For this, they willingly are ignorant of. Willingly ignorant. Their own will is to not understand. They're willfully ignorant. That by the word of God, the heavens were of old. Remember in second Peter, he said the old world. This is what he's talking about. The heavens were of old and the earth 
standing out of the water and in the water. That's the flood. Whereby the world that then was being overflowed with water perished. But the heavens and the earth, which are now, right now, by the same word, that's what caused Noah to move with reverence. He had faith in the word of God. The heavens and earth, which are now by the same word kept in store, held in place, are reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. But beloved, but beloved, this is the word of the Lord through Peter speaking to the church. But beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing. One day is with the Lord as a thousand years and a thousand years as one day. The Lord, verse nine, is not slack concerning his promise. As some men count slackness, but is long suffering to us. we not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burnt up. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in all holy conversation and godliness, looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of God? You can keep reading that chapter. I believe it's time for us as the church to recognize we are Noah in the earth and to be preachers of righteousness and fulfill our calling. May we not be deceived into living our life sometimes for him and sometimes in the world. I wonder in Noah's day, I wonder in Noah's day, if there were some who maybe walked on the ark, looked around, checked it out, thought, you know, when it gets closer, I'll, I'll get on. I'll, I'll get on the ark. Maybe what this guy's been preaching for 120 years is true. I'll get on the ark. Then they walked back off, got caught up living their life. And Noah preached the message, it's going to rain. The Lord's going to destroy. He's not going to continue. Spirit will not always strive with man. And they had good intentions to get on the ark. Good intentions. And they died in the flood. I want to be a preacher of righteousness. I want the church of the living God. You and I are called to be preachers of righteousness. That doesn't mean holding a microphone. Maybe it doesn't even mean sitting here like this, or maybe it does. You can make a video too. But it calls to reaching to a lost world every day that we live and showing them God has prepared a way through the church by his blood. Praise God. Can we pray together today before we go and and when we go and we end this live stream today, please don't rush away from your place there where you're watching. But would you purpose to linger in prayer as long as the Holy Ghost would keep you there? Father, 
I thank you for the example of the man of God that we see and read about in history in Noah's life. I pray that we recognize that while we may not have understood the prior years of our life and we sought relationship with you and we've developed, been honored to have relationship with you, that in this hour, just as in Noah's life, there came a time where you said, now begin to build because I'm preparing an ark. I want to save a lost world. I want them to know I've made a way. I pray, let us recognize, Father, that we, the church, are called to those that are searching and hungry that there is a way. There is a way out of a lost and dying world. There's a way to be reconciled, to be brought into right relationship with God. It's through the blood, the death, the burial, the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. I pray for every heart that's listening today. If they're not in the body, that your love would reach to them, that your mercies would reach to them and draw them to yourself, that they would get connected to the body of Christ by the love of God through some individual they know that they would reach to them and that there would be a reunion, a knitting in the body of Christ according to your purpose. I pray for the saints of the living God today that are listening. I pray there come a conviction upon our heart and a recognition of the word that we would move by faith in godly fear to declare the word of God and a way out in Jesus' name that we walk in our calling and our purpose. I pray this day a blessing and an anointing upon the people of God to walk and live in the purpose and the calling of God. In Jesus' name, not in our own ability, but by the supernatural power of the Holy Ghost within us. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Let your anointing rest upon them. Let the word of God be in their mouth. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, God bless you today. Continue in prayer. Let the Lord lead you this week. May His great grace be upon you. May His anointing flow through you. And if you're searching, find the person that connected you today. Reach out. Let us reach to you. Let us help you. We'll give you a home Bible study. But no, there is a way into the ark. It's through the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. God bless you today in Jesus' name.